0: Good morning Church! How's everyone on this morning? You guys doing okay? Okay? How many of you, you feel really Christmas and uh, arriving of Christmas makes you feel really excited? Like you love it. Okay, you really love it. How many of you just give a little wave? Okay, you don't have to. Okay, yeah? Small handful. How many of you, honest on her, honest on her, coming of Christmas makes you feel very stressed? We're anxious because there's a lot of things. Christmas itself is fine, but everything around Christmas maybe makes you feel very anxious. Give me a little wave. If Christmas makes you feel a little anxious, yep, yep. I'm I'm giving my real little wave, okay? Uh, I'm not demoing for you, I'm really waving, yeah. How many of you uh, Christmas year end tends to be super chill? You know, you're clearing all your leave. You're sitting at home watching movies all day. You know, it's really uh, a time of it's really downtime. How, for how many of you, Christmas is downtime? Can you just give me a little wave? Wow, wow! I really thank God for your downtime. Really, I, I, I God bless you, man. Yeah. So, so you know, I, I'm just very aware that for, for if you gather, you know, uh, so many of us in one room, there'll definitely be some of us who are really pumped up for Christmas, and some of us are really stressed out about Christmas, some of us are really relaxed about Christmas, you know. And so, as we approach Christmas, when we come together as a church, I want to bring us all to one common place, Amen. One common place, so that as a church we can have one heart, one soul, one, 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 one gospel, one Jesus, and one cause to work towards this Christmas, Amen. I want to say a big welcome to those who are visiting with us today. Um, you may not know me yet, uh, so I'm I, I'm Pastor Fergus. Um, I pastor this church together with uh, uh, Pastor Ramesh and the and the leadership team of this church. And we are a two-year-old church here in Sunaibulo, you know, so if you are visiting with us, do come back and join us um, in the weeks to come and celebrate Christmas with us. You may be thinking, what's so different celebrate Christmas with you guys than celebrating Christmas anywhere else? Well, this year, if I can have the Christmas uh, together slide, this year, we are celebrating Christmas um, by having a big party so we're gonna have a big party upstairs so so this is b1 right car park floor b1 if you go up the escalators we're gonna be taking over the whole area you know our event is called christmas together everybody say christmas together not so together yet okay so one one voice same time let's see how good our timing is okay ready one two three Got it, got it, got it, got it. it. One last time, okay? Ready? One, two, three wow this is like synchronized diving bang into the water at the same time christmas together is what we'll be doing um upstairs there will be um, food trucks bouncy castles there'll be a bazaar there'll be uh, uh, a, an area for games for children's arts and crafts and there will be prizes to be won right so this thing here is a 55 inch Smart TV, and this thing here is a two-day, one-night holiday, you know. And there are many, many other gifts uh, to be won. So I told the leadership team, uh, 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 we can't win prizes. Okay, this is for this is for everybody else. We can't win the prizes, and so we want to bless everyone here in in the Sarah Central and all the people around this area in Sungai Bulo with a big Christmas party, right? And also, of course, to let them know that there is a church here and to invite them back to church. Right? So, so I'm really excited uh, and stressed. I uh, haven't reached a place where I can chill yet, but hopefully, uh, Boxing Day onwards, I can really chill. Right? Um, and so, that's that's what's happening for Christmas. Invite your friends. Okay? If, if it sounds fun to you, invite your friends. If it doesn't sound fun to you, Still invite your friends because your friends might find it fun, right? And so, one way or another, um, let's gather, have a lot of fun um, on Christmas. And then we can come back on January 1st. And we will have a really special service on that day. Extra special if the people from the community join us on January the 1st. Amen? Amen? Alright, now, so, in the lead up to Christmas, um, we call it Advent, right? Um, How many of you were here with us last week? Just give a little wave, right? or or, or stretch your hands, okay? So, maybe about 70% of you. Now, Advent literally means the coming or the arrival. When in church, we say Advent, what we mean is the time when we wait for the coming of Jesus. Coming of Jesus. I thought Jesus come already, right? So, in three ways, we wait. the coming of Jesus. The first way is that we remember the Christians from the past who, from our Bible times, who waited so, so long for the coming of a Savior. We remember their patient and faithful waiting. Another way we wait is we wait for Jesus to enter into the lives of the people we love How many of you, you are praying for salvation uh, for some of your loved ones, your friends, your family members? Yeah, we wait for the coming of Jesus into their lives. And of course, the third one is this, we wait for the return of the King. We wait for the coming, or if I may say, the second coming of our Lord Jesus. So He has had His first coming, and Jesus is coming back again right? Now, I don't want to assume too much, even though um, it's hard to not assume things. I just want to ask you guys, how many of you, when you hear second coming of Jesus, it makes you a little bit, a little bit kanchong. How many of you, if if it makes you feel a little kanchong, just give me, just Poke your hand up, right? It makes you a little kanchong. Just raise your hand, okay? Yeah, I see some of you, you didn't raise your hand, but you're nodding, or you're laughing, you know? How many of you, when you hear second coming of Jesus, you feel really happy? You feel like, wow, I can't wait. I can't wait. If that is you, can you just give me your little hand? Amen? Amen? Okay? Yeah, some of you as well. Now, it's not always obvious what is the correct emotional response hearing about second coming of Christ. And in a big room like this, you know, so quite, quite many of us, there will be different responses. Some of us will be, some of us will be, ah, oh, nice, can't wait for it, right? Interestingly enough, our Bible ends on a prayer. Did you all know that? Revelation chapter 22. It ends with a prayer that says, Amen, come, Lord, Jesus. So our Bibles end on this note. A call, a cry, an invitation to say, Come, Lord Jesus. Desiring and longing for the coming of Jesus, the returning King, coming back for His bride, coming back for His creation. You know, Jesus loves every single one of us so much And every day He is giving us the Spirit of God to shape us, to grow us. And He's coming back for us. Amen. And today, if I have one goal from all of this, my hope is that today you will leave this place today with a sense that, wow, when Jesus comes back, it will be so good. So good. But of course, sometimes we are afraid. We hear second coming, we think of tribulation and suffering and chaos, end of the world. Some of these things make us feel like, wow, that's why I can't jump right? But I want you to leave today knowing that when Jesus comes back, He comes back not to make things worse. He comes back to make worse things better and to make all, to correct all that is wrong with this world and to repair and to restore and to renew all that is broken in this world. In these weeks, as we do Advent, right? Three weeks leading up to Christmas, we will be taking our service slightly differently. You'll notice that we have Ellie on stage playing keys just to fill in the space, okay? Um, I won't be preaching a typical sermon Normally, especially for our visitors, I'll be preaching a three-point sermon, a lot of teaching and preaching, you know, um, not in our Advent series. We will be spending more time slowing down, reflecting on God's Word, meditating on Scripture, and allowing the Scriptures to do most of the talking. I realize I don't have my clicker, um, and so if maybe someone from the team could help me with that, that will be good. Now, but first, I want to show you, I I want to take us through some Bible passages, okay? I want to take us through some Bible passages. And as we go through them, thank you so much. um, As we go through them, we will read them twice through, okay? So for those of you who were here last week, um, you know how we're going to do this. We'll read them twice through and we'll read it slowly. And I want you to allow the Word to just, to just land to just land on you, okay? And so, the first round, you don't have to work too hard. I don't want you to start, you know, breaking down the text and comparing the Word and looking at the Greek and all that stuff. You don't have to do that. For this first round, I just want you to allow the Word to wash over you. Amen? And then in the second round, I'll encourage you to start thinking about a few things. I'll prompt you later. The reading of God's Word, from
1: John chapter 14.
0: Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Let us take a moment now to allow the words of God to just sink in. In this second reading, I want you to allow the words to pop. If God causes one word or one phrase to jump out at you, if something stands out, I want you to think about it. Or if one or two things stand out, maybe I want you to think about the relationship between those two things. And I want you to ask God one question. Lord, what is my response to this? What should my response to this word be? What do you want to see from me? The second reading of the word. John 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And will take you to Myself, that where I am, you may be also." Let's take a moment to reflect on the word. Father, we thank you for this word and we ask that you bless it. Continue to speak to us through it as we think about it, pray about it and engage with you over it. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, church, when Jesus speaks these words in John chapter 14, He has actually been telling them about how things are actually going to get harder, not easier. Jesus spoke to His disciples, saying to them, that in the days to come, things will get harder. In the days to come, I will leave you in bodily form. And that sets things up for Jesus to come back. And yet, after saying these things to him, to them he says he opens this little part by saying let not your hearts be troubled jesus says don't let your heart be troubled don't be anxious don't be worried don't be gunjong why Believe in God. Believe also in me, says Jesus. And then he says, I am going. That's why you can't, Because you think that when I go, you will be alone. And you'll be left alone. And no one's thinking of you. No one's protecting you. No one's guarding you. No one's helping you. But he says, no. When I go... I go to prepare a place for you. Now I'm going to ask you would Jesus prepare a place for you if he didn't mean for you to go there? No, right? For Jesus to prepare a place for you, he means for you to go there. He wants you to go there. He is preparing it so that you will go there. Where is this? Go there. It is His Father's house. This is the eternal, beautiful house, that forever home. This is not our forever home. We live here, in this life, 60, 70, 80, 90. Some people, if I may say, blessed enough to cross 100 years, But still, at the end of the day, we all go. But this house is the forever house. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. When I come back, I come back with one purpose. The main purpose, I come back to gather all of you and bring you to the house I have been preparing for you. And then he says this, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to, now, if I don't show you this, and I ask you, if I prepare a place for you, I will come and I will take you to, to where? To where? That place, my right? I'll come and take you to that house, ma, Because all of this is about the house, the place, the place. I will take you to, you would think he says the place, but he doesn't. He says, when I come back, I take you to myself. So church, I want to encourage you your great reward in heaven, let's just use the word heaven, okay? Your great reward in heaven, you may have been told that there is going to be a house, a mansion with many rooms. Yes. You may have been told that you will receive a crown of glory. Yes. You may have been told that in this place, the streets are lined with gold, the water is like crystal, and all and everything that is built will be built with precious stones. Also, yes. And yet, my friends, your great reward in heaven will not just be a house, or a crown, or streets lined with gold. Your great reward in heaven, when Jesus comes back for you, is Jesus. He is the great reward. He's, he, the reward, is better, worth exceedingly more than a house, or a crown, or streets paved with gold. Jesus is the great reward. But sometimes we don't feel this. We don't always think of Jesus coming back to bring us to Him. And so we have all kinds of feelings about Jesus coming back. Let us spend some time in reflection. I have a question here for you. My question here for you is this. How do you feel about the return of Jesus Christ? He has physically left us, and while He is away, He has given us the Holy Spirit, and we, the church, have been with the Holy Spirit and with God through the Holy Spirit, but one day He will physically come back. Again, how do you feel about the return of Jesus Christ? Let us take a moment to reflect on this.
1: Church, let us pray together. Heavenly Father, I want to be honest with you about how I feel.
0: I don't want to sugarcoat it. I don't want to short-circuit it. I don't want to wear a mask to church. And Lord, If I'm not okay, when I come before you, I want it to be okay
1: for me to be not okay.
0: Church, when you come before God, it is okay for you to be wherever you are, however you feel. Lord Jesus, You see how all of us feel about your coming. I pray that you take us, you take our heart, and you start shaping our hearts. If we are full of fear today, start reshaping our hearts. If we are full of anxiousness and nervous energy, shape our hearts. If we are careless, we don't really care. Shape our hearts. And if we do long for you with eager expectation, still also shape our hearts. We put ourselves into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I hope you enjoyed that. We're going to do one more round of that with with another scripture, okay? Now, I want to show you and read for you a series of Bible verses from different parts of the Bible. And I hope that this series of scripture will show you what it looks like when Jesus does come back. Some of the things that will take place in our lives, in the world around us, when Jesus does come back. Philippians chapter 3. In this first reading, again, just allow the Scripture to speak to you. If anything pops up at you, just hold it. Don't have to work too hard with it yet. Just hold it. Philippians 3. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body.
1: Can I have the next slide? Thank
0: Micah chapter 4. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Everyone will sit under their own vine, and under their own fig tree, and no one will make them. Afraid, for Yahweh Almighty has spoken. Isaiah 11 The wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf, the young lion, and the fattened calf will be together. And a child will lead them. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of Yahweh as the waters cover the sea. Ezekiel 47. And wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live. And there will be very many fish. And on the banks, on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every month, because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food, and their leaves for healing. The Lord bless this first reading of the Word. Just take a moment to rest in this Word. In this second reading, I want you to hear the word. I want you to press in to what God is saying. If God is saying something to you, reshaping your thoughts, if He is giving you a new picture, I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, what response do you want from me? The reading of God's word. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control, will transform our lowly bodies, so that they will be like His glorious body. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Everyone will sit under their own vine and under their own fig tree and no one will make them afraid. For Yahweh Almighty has spoken. The wolf will dwell with the lamb. And the leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf, the young lion, And the fattened calf will be together, and a child will lead them. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of Yahweh, as the waters cover the sea. And wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live, and there will be very many fish. And on the banks, on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every month, because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. Take another moment to reflect and rest in this word. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the declaration of your word over us. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, church. I could you could say there are many things happening in this segment. There is a part where Jesus holds everything in control and then he transforms our lowly bodies. Do you like that? I quite like that. There are things my body cannot do. I wish He would transform that some days. I'm 42. Some days I feel like my body has grown older, quicker in the last five years than in the last 30 years put together. He will transform your lowly bodies to become glorified like His body.
1: And then he says, the wolf will lie with the lamb, the leopard with the goat.
0: What does that mean? There's something going on there. I'm not quite sure what. He says that we will beat our swords to plowshares. A sword is an instrument of warfare. A plowshare is an instrument of agricultural harvest. We'll beat our spears into pruning hooks. Again, weapons for death converted into weapons for fruitfulness. What's going on there? He says that there is a river that will flow. And wherever this river flows, on either side of its banks, there will be fruit trees that will grow and it will be lush and the fruit will be for the food and the leaves will be for the healing. Wow. What's going on there? And you could say a lot is going on there. But you could also say only one thing is happening in all of these verses. That one thing is that when God comes back for His people and the world that His people occupy, He is coming back to renew it, to repair it, to restore it, and as we saw with our own bodies, to glorify it, to make it so beautiful, so perfect, to make it work, to make it really work the way the Creator always meant it to work. So that all of the defects that came into the world we live in from Genesis 3 and the first disobedience of our ancestors, all the brokenness the bodies decay. Strong, fighting against strong, using tools to hurt and harm and kill one another. Strong, exploiting the weak, killing them for profit or for food.
1: destroying the land.
0: When Jesus comes back, He comes back to renew everything in our creation. He renews you, your body, your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. So even if you are frustrated, God, I I love you, but some days... Macham, I don't love you properly enough and it frustrates me. God, I have faith. I believe. But there's a part of me that also doesn't believe. Help me with my unbelief. God, I want to do things right. But so often, all the right things I want to do I don't do. And all the wrong things I don't want to do, I go and do. God, help me. Shake me. Reshape me. Renew me. Reform me. If you can say, reborn me. He says, I will come and transform your lowly body and make it glorified like my glorified body, says Jesus, when He comes back. And we see, God, why are people hurting each other? Why are there Malaysians outside who hate us? Who want to see us destroyed? Why are there People in the global community who want to destroy each other's countries and and annihilate entire nations from the face of the land? Why do people hurt each other? Why do those who are strong always oppress the weak? Why do those who have much always hoard and hold back their riches while so many people are starving and poor Why? Why is it that when people succeed, they have to gloat in the faces of those who
1: fail? Why? Jesus
0: says, when I come back, you will all beat your swords into plowshares and all your instruments of hurt and harm and death and war We will beat those instruments and reshape them, retool them, reuse them to be instruments of fruitfulness and harvest. And now, no one will be trained for war. Every man will sit under his own vine and every man will sit under his own fig tree. That is, you will be safe. No one will come in and rob you. No one will exploit you for what shelters you. You will not learn war anymore. You will not have to be afraid anymore because when Jesus comes back, Yahweh, your Almighty God, covers you completely. And then our relationship not just with each other, but our relationship with the world, with the land, will become fruitful again. The relationship between people and people, organizations and people, governments and people, the mighty, the wolf, can lie with the lamb in peace. Can you imagine... The wolves on Wall Street lying with the lambs and not overprice, not overcharge, not hoard, exploit, hold back, and make more poor those who are weak so that they can make more rich, they and their friends. Can you imagine a world like that? Where the wolf will lie with the lamb in peace? Jesus says in His first coming, every valley shall be lifted up, every mountain shall be brought down. Prepare way for the coming of the King. When the King comes, there is a leveling out of the playing field so that all those with fangs and all those who are meek and mild will be leveled out. And the aggressor and the aggressor aggressed now live in peace. Can you imagine a world like that? It's like a utopia. And maybe sometimes you hear this utopic parts of the Bible, you say, sure, Mo!" Cannot be. As long as Jesus hasn't come back, the right cannot be. But when Jesus comes back, He will renew everything. Let us pray. Before we pray, I want you to reflect on this. I want you to reflect on this. What is one thing you look forward to about the return of King? Jesus. Just take a moment, reflect on this question. What is one thing you do look forward to about the coming back of Jesus? Father, we thank you for these one things that we can hope for, that we can look forward to. Help us to hold these things in our hearts every day and long for Jesus' coming every day. In Jesus' name, amen. One last round, less scriptures. So before long, we'll be done. First reading. 1 John chapter 4. In this, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear. Because fear is involved, involves punishment. So, the one who fears is not complete in love. Revelation 22. Both the Spirit and the Bride, that is the Church, say, Come! That anyone who hears say, come, let the one who is thirsty come, let the one who desires take the water of life freely. He who testifies about these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. take a moment and allow this first reading of the word to sink in. Second reading. In this, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. Both the spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty say, come. Let the one who desires take the water of life freely. He who testifies about these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Let's take a moment. If the Lord is speaking to you, allow him to speak. Father, we thank you. We want to continue engaging with you. Teach us, Lord, to listen attentively. Help us to be shaped by you. In Jesus' name, Amen. We'll be closing soon, but I want to share with you just one or two thoughts before we close. You know, church, sometimes we are fearful about the end times. We are fearful that when the end of the world comes, I've been told that it's going to be very chaotic. It's going to be, there's going to be a lot of wars, a lot of violence, a lot of, a, a lot of badness outside. And if you've been church long enough, you may have heard of a thing called the tribulation. And we're all afraid. Actually, it makes people very scared, on right? This idea that there is one thing in the future that is going to be so bad, we're all afraid of it. But Jesus says, perfect love drives out fear. Don't be afraid of the future, says Jesus. I am coming, I am coming. And you don't have to be afraid. Jesus says, I'll tell you why. You belong to Him. And you don't have to be afraid because you belong to Him. I tell you who needs to be afraid. Those who in not belonging to Jesus hurt each other harm each other, exploit each other, are cruel to each other, are wicked to each other, are destroying people and land and lives. And we say, wow, God, this world is, can be so bad sometimes. Is there an answer? Jesus says, yes. When I come back, I am the answer. Just this week, I was sitting with someone and that someone says, let's just call it a friend of mine. And this friend said to me, started talking about the war in Ukraine. And started thinking about how bad it's going to be for Ukraine going through this winter. And the power grids are all destroyed by Russia. And many in Ukraine are going to freeze to death because of, for lack of heating. And the thought was, can Ukraine survive? And I listened. And I thought, likely no. Many will not survive. And then I just tested a thought with this friend. I said, uh, you know when we see atrocities in this world where people kill people, hurt people, deviously destroy the things that will keep them alive through a winter. For us, we live in relative comfort. And when we live in relative comfort, sometimes we think of Jesus coming back as a judge. And He can be angry, you know, when we think about it, we get scared. Why? Because maybe when a just judge, God, comes back, He's going to disrupt our comforts. Maybe we are scared that He's going to disrupt our lifestyle. Maybe we're scared He's going to disrupt all the, all, all the, all the nice things we have or disrupt us. But I'm going to ask you what I asked my friend. Don't you think that if you suffer under oppression, persecution and war, the very thought that a judge who can get angry would come back would be such a relief for you? I'm going to say that again because I want this truth to hit you. If we live in comforts, the thought of a second coming might make us anxious. Because you'll we'll be thinking, Dai liao what's going to happen? Is he going to evaluate me? Is my report card going to be all angzi? All you know, fail, fail, fail. I'm scared because I want to protect what I have. But if all you have has been stripped away, destroyed, And you're facing death by freezing, death by by killing, death by decapitation, whatever kind of death. And you cry out to God, God, justice, God, mercy, God, come, come. And I tell you, the Lord is coming back. He is coming back. You won't be scared. You'll be so happy. You'll be so relieved. You will, you will be so comforted that in this world, sometimes no one can protect you from those who are evil and strong. But Jesus, when he comes, he can protect you. He can't stand between the aggressor and you and absorb it all. He has already done that on the cross. He can. And will protect you when he comes. You don't have to be afraid. But let us look forward in the hope that one day the wolf and the lamb will lie side by side. The strong will lift up the weak, the weak will not be resentful of it. And we will lie on the plains of our God and rest. As his sheep rest under the hand of the shepherd. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. Teach us, Lord. Teach us, Lord, to love you. Teach us, Lord, to love you in a way that is human, not expecting too much of ourselves. Until we feel so discouraged, if I can have the worship team up. Teach us to love you with the measure of love that you've given us so we can love you extravagantly, richly, generously. And it will not be a burden on our shoulders to love you. It will be a joy. Teach us to trust you that when you come back, For those of us who walk right by you, teach us to trust you, that you are coming for us and you are for us. You are not against us, but you are for us. For those of us who are struggling with our own human limitations and our human failures, have hope, my friends. Because when Jesus comes back, He will renew your lowly body. He will renew your lowly heart and soul and mind and strength so that all the parts of you that frustrate you because you aren't as good as you always hoped you could be, He renews that in you and He glorifies you until you reflect Himself, King Jesus, shining out of you. And he says, you are mine. I protect you. I love you. When I come back, I will set right everything in this world. So today, church, our prayer is, come, Lord Jesus. This is how we prepare for Christmas. May the Lord bless you May the lord keep you may the lord turn his face toward you and be gracious to you may the lord turn his countenance to face you and give you peace and all of god's people say amen amen